You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. So if you have your Bible with me, Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Sixth verse. But without faith. You could just end right there. But without faith. Now those next two words are italicized. So those are put there by the English translators so that we can understand and make sense of what's being said because other languages don't have the same pattern of structure that ours does. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. In the original text, it just says, without faith, it's, it's impossible. Now think about that statement. Without faith, it's impossible. That'll preach all by itself right there. I could make a six-week series right there. Without faith, life's impossible. Think about that. Without faith, it's all impossible. We need him. We must have faith in him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. How many want to please him? Hmm. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, exists. How many believes God exists? And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, we talked about the word reward. It just means to let or it means to, to rent or to, to hire. And God wants to reward us for our faith in him. What kind of a God is that? Other religions want you serving and bending and bowing and their God can be murderous, and they expect more and more and more from you. But your God says, if you just believe in me, I'll just reward you. I'll bless you for believing in me. Are you with me so far? There's such a heaviness in here, we don't know what to do with it. I wish you all that are streaming could be here. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that you got to have faith not only that he exists, but that he will reward you. That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. doesn't say half-heartedly. It doesn't say haphazardly. It says diligently. That word diligent is the word exateo. Exateo. Ek meaning, meaning movement or action. And zateo meaning to worship, to desire, to endeavor, to inquire. So God is looking for us to put action to worship. To go after him. To call on him. Do you know that God's ready for worship at any given moment? He's just waiting for us to initiate it. The Holy Spirit is praying at all times. He's just waiting for us to get involved. If you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have the paraclete. 
your, you have a helper, the one called alongside. He's already working on your behalf. He's praying with you constantly. How many have ever been praying in the Holy Spirit in your heavenly language, and you stop praying for a moment, and you, you can still hear the voice of the Holy Spirit praying? I had some stuff here on paper that I was going to get to today. It's really more of a devotional that the Lord has been just kind of pouring out to me. I won't go there today for lack of time. But I want you to understand something. It pays to keep your faith in an active pursuit of God. I'm going to say it again. It pays to keep your faith in an active pursuit of God. It's in the moments that I'm not active in my faith pursuing him that life begins to go crazy, backwards, upside down, topsy-turvy. And life can go backwards, upside down, and topsy-turvy when I am seeking him diligently. But there's a difference on how I handle those things. If, I, if I'm in diligence, I do much better. If I'm not, I don't do well at all. I get through things a whole lot better when I've been diligent in prayer. Because... My spirit man is built up in my most holy faith. And so when I get blindsided by something, it doesn't challenge me so much. It doesn't wear me out so much. I just arise to the challenge. But when I'm lazy, lackadaisical, and get too distracted, <laughs> suddenly what should be an easy task for me to get through is a problem. Have you ever wondered why people start off gung-ho about something and pretty soon you look back and, you know, they're, they're happy for a couple weeks, they're doing real good, but pretty soon they're beginning to lag behind? It's because somewhere along the line, diligence died. You ever seen people that get cross with the church? Can I tell you why that happens? Somewhere diligence died. It's easy to get cross with things when you're not where you should be. But when you're in the presence of God, those little things don't matter. And I have greater grace for my brothers and sisters when I'm diligent in God. When I'm not, I find myself complaining and questioning and wondering why. Is this too ABC? Is this okay? The reason the enemy comes at us is number one you are what he will never be you're a child of the most high God he's a created being doomed for hell you are doomed for righteousness you are doomed to spend eternity with the father he's been separated from it <laughs> and the second thing is you will receive a reward that he gave up That's why he hates you. That's why he's after you. That's why he works so hard and diligent to get you. And the two things he wants to take out of your life are the word and prayer. When we become less than diligent in the word and in prayer, we begin to fall apart spiritually. 
And it can all look good on the outside, and we can wear a mask to church, and everybody can see the happy little face and the mask that we wear, but underneath, you're falling apart. And a congregation is only as strong as its members. A church is only as strong as those believers who worship there. A pastor himself cannot carry a church. You can come and watch him burn if he's diligent. But you cannot get in revival, really, with just a one-man show. A one-man show won't sustain itself. It'll burn out. It'll go by the wayside. It'll fall apart. But if you can get, you see, the Bible says we're two or more are gathered. If we can get a remnant in this place worshiping God, what we could do, revival can happen with a remnant. Every revival that's ever come throughout the ages has come by a praying, diligent people. Diligent to the word, diligent in prayer. Diligent in their worship, diligent in their praise. I've got a lot on that, but I won't go there today. But now, listen to me, Cameron, and listen to me, Passion Church. I wasn't sent here to gather a small, tiny remnant. I was sent here on assignment to host an outpouring, an awakening, an overflow, a heavenly visitation from God. And the way that happens is that more than a small remnant, but a church body gets together. And we begin to cry out. We begin to seek. We begin to call upon his name. We begin to individually and corporately come together in the house of faith. Can I show you one more thing before we're through? Turn with me to Daniel. Daniel, the seventh chapter in the 25th verse says this, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time times and the dividing of times. Now this is speaking of the end time. This is speaking of a generation before the return of Christ. This is an Old Testament prequel, if you will, of the book of Revelation. It is God speaking through an old covenant prophet of what will happen in the new covenant in the end time. You notice there that there's a spirit he's speaking of. I know this represents a man, but it also represents a spirit that's been loosed in the world. And that spirit that has been loosed in the world will speak great words against the Most High. How many have discovered that society would, are, are favorable to any religion as long as it doesn't speak of the Most High God? 
If it doesn't speak of the great I am, if it doesn't speak to Jehovah or Yahweh, if it doesn't speak to Jesus, then it's acceptable. Look at this. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and wear out the saints of the Most High. How does he do that? By changing the times and the laws. We're living in a day and an age, and I will hurry, when distraction and busyness has become the order of the day. And now, I'm not, I'm not beating up, because many of us, you know, we have jobs, we have things we need to do. But this is speaking about a people who've gotten distracted and they're finding themselves worn out because they're not diligent, because it's not popular anymore. There are laws being legislated against the freedoms of those people. And just the mass hysteria, not only in America but worldwide, of those who do not want to hear the voice of your God, do not want to hear you speak of him, who will vehemently fight you. It wears on you. It'll wear you out. One of the greatest enemies of man is that the enemy has come along and he has designed busyness. Not only is society against us having a spiritual life, and there's those in governmental positions who don't want us to have our spiritual time with God and our say with God. But then there's, in the last days, knowledge shall increase. And there's the increase of, the increase of knowledge and the ability to communicate in ways that we never dreamed of in any other generation. And I see more and more and more people distracted who come in, they're wholeheartedly for God. They want him with everything. They first have a salvation experience and they're so in love with him. But it isn't very long before it all begins to wane because of all of the stress, the pressure, the hardship, the difficulty, and just the busyness of everyday life. I feel for these young couples today. Pastor Colleen and I have always lived on a dead run. That's always been our life since we got married. And we did it the same as some of you have done it. And we lived for the weekend when we could be in the house of God. We lived for those moments when we could be with God when we were working secular. And when we were in the house of God, we were busy doing what God had called us to do. And so we didn't have time to look up and look and see what we were missing in life. We were too busy working for the master. And when I look around, I realize that there wasn't any wasted moments in my life, even though it may have appeared that way to others. Because of the diligence of our dedication to him, we grew and we kept growing and we kept growing and we kept growing. And it wasn't until I arrived at this place. Now, I'm not speaking of Cameron. I'm talking about position. That I realized the hordes of hell are loosed on you. Anytime the devil thinks 
that you're about to advance the kingdom. Oh, I've had trials and tribulations all along. But after we got to this place, and after we got to this place, I had hell loose demonic hordes against me like you cannot imagine. Voices screaming at me. And it all becomes wearing, tiring. And what those voices are designed for is to take you out of your position of diligence in God. To get you to question where you are, who you are, and if you have any value to anyone at all. I know if he's done it to me, he's done it to you. He's tried to get you to con convinced nobody loves you, nobody wants you. If you just went away, you wouldn't even matter. Just know that's a lie. Everyone in this place matters in the kingdom of God. Everyone in this place is God's favorite. How does he do that? I don't know. You matter. But the enemy wants to take you out. My wife shared with me today, and I've got to quit. I know, I just keep talking. I've got to quit. This is not a structured message, as you can see. Well, my wife shared with me something that startled me this morning. Because I'm not like you, people. Aww. When I go to the restaurant, I don't usually take my phone in. I leave it in the car. I let the phone lay on the table. I, I don't need that thing. It's in my briefcase right now. I don't need it out here. <laughs> so I don't spend the time that you people spend on your phone. My wife shared with me this morning a statistic that came across the phone that said the amount of time that I have spent on this phone in the last year. I can't believe this. Five hours a day. All my little flipping through to see what so-and-so has said. All my liking your little posts. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm, not, I'm just saying, oh, my goodness, how much diligence in my life was wasted doing this. Or going, hmm, can you believe that? Or going, LOL. <laughs> I didn't realize I was spending that kind of time on my phone. Seriously? And a lot of mine's, you know, flipping through hot rods, okay. But I, I had no clue that I was wasting that kind of time in my day. It was for the week, five hours a day for the week, okay. Well, add that up, 52 times. A, you get the point. You get the point. Way too much time wasted when I could be in the presence of God Almighty. 
And here's what God wants me to do in 2019. I'm supposed to get out of the menial tasks of pastoring. And I'm supposed to get into my prayer closet. And I'm supposed to be laying on my face. And I'm supposed to be calling out on our God. And I'm supposed to be able to walk in here with revelations and things that I've heard from the heavenly host and things that God has shared with me and things that I've learned out of the word because God has brought revelation up out of the word for me to be able to get the word deep within me that I can get it deep within you. And God's going to tag many of you to help us to get into that position. I know my message is just a talk. But I want you to understand. God is going to pay a great reward. If we'll all become diligent. If I can become faithful to hand off to you the menial tasks that need to be done and quit trying to interfere and, and, and tell you how it's done and get in my rightful place, there's no stopping what could happen in 2019. I'm looking for a church that has the order and the structure of God not the order and structure of a man. I'm looking for a church. When I say church, I mean you, a people, a movement. I'm looking for a move of God that's not hindered by my five hours a day on a telephone. I'm looking for a movement where the cobwebs are blown out of the prayer closet, corporately and individually. I'm looking for a move where the power of God isn't hindered by the limitation of man, but is able to flow and move because men and women have spent time in his presence and are poised and ready at any moment to add to whatever it is the Holy Spirit would have them to add to. I want to sense him in every service. I want the Holy Spirit loose to be the Holy Spirit. I want his message to come from the prophetic. I want the prophet to speak. I want the evangelist to go to the street with excitement and zeal and passion in their heart. I want the teachers to teach and teach and teach and teach and teach. I want our body to be strong and ever growing because of the allurement of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't want a big church just so I can say 300 people come to my church, 400 people, 500, or, or 250 or 200. I don't want that. That's not my goal. My goal is how many lives can be changed. My goal is how many people suffering in body can be healed. 
my goal. So how many people with twisted, torn emotions can be restored? My goal is how many people who are living down and out can become up and outers? Or I should say up and inners. I don't want to be someone left standing on the outside of the church looking in going, oh, that's what you wanted, Lord. I want to be an insider saying, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Oh, come Holy Spirit. Take me to the Father. Sweet Jesus, take me to the Father. I want to know Him. I want to sense Him. I want to walk with Him. I want to experience Him. I want to be awed in His presence. Not ODD. A-W-E, and however the rest of that goes. I want to be awed in his presence. Oh, I want people, when they come, to know there is a God. And he is here. I want people who can't get over their squabbles in their marriage healed. I don't want a child, not one child, to fear. I want their lives to be changed in the presence of God. I want to be in a place where if the city council needs me, I can come and have something to give. I want to be here in case someone in town, in the business, just needs someone to listen. I want to be here for unmarried mother with children to know you're not alone. I want to look like Jesus to the best of my human ability. I don't want church. I don't want churchianity. I want Jesus. I want prayer sessions that happen here that last for hours. But in order for that to happen, it must happen privately too. I want those that are in this place who are businessmen to be so blessed over the top 
that they just can't believe the blessing of the Lord. I want those of you that punch a time clock to know it's not always the most pleasant moment in the day, but God can go with you into the workplace because of what you do privately in your prayer life. I promised you I wouldn't be long, and here we are. Don't ever give a pastor a microphone. It's over. Does everyone understand my heart? Are you hearing my heart? This isn't, this isn't a sermon. It's my heart. I want to offer the world something. There's nothing out there for them. I see young lives and young people and teenagers and my heart breaks for them because there's nothing out there. And all the lines have been erased and blurred and there's nothing out there. My job in 2019 is to get into the presence of God and become the man with the reins. Listening to the Holy Spirit. But my real job is to get out of the way. So you can do what God's called you to do. There are no excuses in Passion Church. We can all do something. can all do something. God needs us. I believe, Father, that souls are going to come to the kingdom this year. Some of us are going to be amazed as people we thought would never come, come. Some of us are going to be absolutely overwhelmed when our loved ones walk down the aisle. Some of us are going to be absolutely overtaken, Father, that we would be tagged to do a mighty work for you. Father, I thank you. And I praise you, God, for these people. I thank you for these, Father, who are willing to be a seed sown into the fertile soil of Jesus. Raise up a mighty harvest out of Passion Church. Raise up a mighty harvest out of our lives individually and corporately. Cause us to arise to the occasion, Father, in 2019, and to become, Father, everything that, the, that our name says we are. We're not just passionate and exuberant, Father, for show, but we're passionate and exuberant, Father, because we've been in your presence. Because we know you as you are. Because we've spent time with you and we're intimate with you. And we're not afraid to ascend the mountain into your presence. We're not afraid to come up and to get your message and to bring it back. 
We're not afraid, Father, to back one another. We're not afraid to hold our brother or our sister up. We're not afraid, Father, but we get in and we put our shoulder to the cross, Father, and help them, those that may be struggling, God, like, uh, 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 Father, like Simon of Cyrene, God. We put our shoulder to the cross to help our community, to help those who don't even realize they're about to meet you. And we give you honor, Father. We give you honor. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.